Hello, and welcome to Emma's Kin 102 podcast. Today, we are going to be interviewing track and field coach Sharman Sewell. Shar works at Henry M. Jackson High School as a track coach and has been there for one season. However, before this, she previously worked at Cedar Park Christian School for eight years. Let's see what she has to say today. First off, what is your name? Shar Sewell. And what do you do as a job? Well, right now I am a high school coach for track and field. Cool, cool. What kind of certifications or credentials did you have to get in order to do that job? Well, I will tell you the credentials I have. Not, Not all coaches have the same set of credentials. They can vary a little bit, but um, I have certifications through um, the, something called the National of High School Sports, and I have my level one accreditation and my level two certification for coaching track and field through them. So what exactly do those certifications mean like what do you have to do in order to receive them yeah that's a good question um so to get um certifications or accreditation through uh that particular organization which is the leading organization in uh in basically the country um it's the national federation of state high school associations so what you have to do is it's basically like going to school for coaching so you you take a number of specific classes based on what type of coaching you're going to be doing for example my um the core of my classes were in track and field but you also have to take some general classes to get your level one certification so the general classes you have to take are classes on strength and conditioning and obviously first aid and health and safety, um, things like injury prevention and concussion and just general coaching techniques for any sport. And you take um, fundamentals of coaching and again, that's for any sport. And from there, then you go on and take sport specific courses. So for me, the sport specific courses are in track and field. And I also have a certification in interscholastic officiating. So I'm qualified to be an official in track and field as well. Did these courses teach you anything about human movement for track athletes specifically? Yes. So um, the courses on strength and conditioning and the courses on fundamentals of track and field did go a lot into body mechanics and specifically running mechanics and jumping mechanics. How would you say knowing how the human body moves and works has helped you as a coach to create better runners or jumpers or throwers? Oh, well, it's helped immensely if you consider that even having a rudimentary understanding of um, 
how the body moves and why it moves the way it does and what muscle groups control what body parts and uh, how the skeletal system moves. Um, knowing even just rudimentary information about that not only helps in coming up with a comprehensive training program, but it also helps in injury prevention and then uh, injury treatment if you get an athlete that is injured while in training. Could you give an example of body mechanics within, say, a sprint or a certain track event? Sure. Um, so I'll give an example in hurdles because that's the main event that I coach. Um, so one of the uh, one of the areas that really comes into play when coaching hurdles are the specific body mechanics going over the hurdle. So for example, what we want when we're training students, especially when they're just beginning hurdling to go over the hurdle, we will tell them to have um, their body in a specific position going over the hurdle. For example, we train them to lead with the knee and have their hip up and open and to have their toes in a dorsiflexed position or toes up and cueing them with these particular um, movements helps their body to get into the right position to safely and efficiently go over the hurdle. So it's all about what position you want the hip and the leg and the foot to be maneuvering over the hurdle. What kind of corrections in body movement would you say you've had to make most often for the athletes that you work with? Oh, that's, that's an easy one. So, so probably the three biggest corrections we have to make are number one, keeping your foot dorsiflexed, which means keeping your toes up so that when you come down after running over the hurdle, you land on the ball of your foot instead of the heel of your foot or instead of the tippy toes. Um, so that's keeping your, your toes up. Uh, another one is running with your feet and your legs centered under your hips instead of stretched out in front or behind your body. Uh, you need to keep your feet when you come down under your hip. So, so that's one of the ones when, uh, when you're having um, a student athlete running over the hurdle, uh, their trail leg, when it comes over the hurdle, needs to land directly under their hip, not out in front of their hip and not behind their hip. But the way they're going to get the most push off from the track is to land under their hip so that they get that full movement and the strength coming from their hip flexors. All right. What would you say is the thing that you enjoy most about coaching track? Oh, wow, that's a hard one because I enjoy a lot of aspects of it. But probably, probably what I enjoy the most is seeing an athlete progress from really not having any understanding of a particular event or how to, um, how to perform that event to really starting to learn and having it click and understanding how to move their body in such a way that is um, beneficial to the event and then towards the end of the season having success in that event and that's that's pretty neat to see him go from really not having any knowledge at all to 
having success, some success and, um, you know, feeling like they've accomplished something. All right. That's pretty great. What would you say has been the biggest like stretch or motion that has helped your athletes with injury prevention? Oh, you mean I have to pick one? <laughs> or two or three. Top three works too. Um, well, again, if I'm, if I'm just talking about hurdles, probably if I had, and it's hard to pick, but if I had to pick a, like the top um, area to stretch for hurdles, it would be the hips and hip flexors. So all of those um, dynamic and static stretches to loosen up the hips is going to go a long way to prevent injury, number one, and to um, make the athlete the most successful getting over the hurdle and getting over quickly and efficiently. So hip flexors. How would you help a athlete prevent shin splints? Shin splints is actually a really complicated <laughs> um, <laughs> diagnosis. <laughs> so there's not one thing to help prevent shin splints. However, there are a number of things that can be done to, to at least hold them off as long as possible. Um, so one of the things to just start right out of the blocks is to make sure that they are wearing the appropriate footwear for their foot. So mm. as coaches, we do need to um, keep an eye out for how they run number one. And if they're wearing the appropriate footwear for, for how their foot strikes the ground. So that would be one of the ways to help prevent shin splints. Another one is not overtraining. So I think What's really big, especially for athletes that come into the track season without having done any preseason training, is it's very easy for them to overtrain at the beginning of the season and put too much strain on um, their legs, and that can can result in shin splints, among other injuries. Uh, the third thing would be just not adequately warming up and, mm. and uh, cooling down afterwards. So they need to be, especially for hurdles, they need to be adequately warmed up so that all of their muscles that they're going to be using are ready to go and ready to fire in the way that we want them to. And then after their practice, they need to be thoroughly warmed down as well. So those are just three things to help prevent shin splints. But shin splints, like I said, it's, it's, it's just a more complicated issue. It actually has a lot to do with kinesiology and, and the way the body moves and, and how to get it moving correctly so as to prevent um, any muscle groups having to work for other muscle groups, which can contribute to shin splints. All right. Thank you. One final question. What kind of advice would you give to someone looking to become a coach for track and field? Well, it's helpful to have, to have participated in the sport, um, but not entirely necessary. But um, having participated in track and field um, certainly gave me the desire to share that passion with others. Um, also, it's, it's uh, 
it's a lot of studying, believe it or not, to, to transition from actually doing it in high school or college or, or um, however, to coaching it. There's a, there's a big jump from just knowing how to do it to training someone else how to do it. So there's, there's actually a lot of, a lot of study and um, gaining information from uh, getting accreditations and also from learning from other coaches and just watching a lot of runners to see, to see how to coach successfully. Well, thank you. Thank you for talking with me today, Coach Sewell. You're welcome. 